Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome everyone to the Rise of Free podcast. I'm your host, Natalina. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor to be here and so happy to be back with you guys. We are releasing these podcasts twice a week and we are here to serve you. Stand along this journey of becoming your best self and we are doing it right here with you. Through speaking with incredible people, authors, amazing individuals throughout the world, we're all about empowerment, inspiration, and providing strategies that you can start using today, taking action action today. And we're all about the whole person really tapping into the full individual so that we can live a thriving life. So no more 80-20, no more giving 80% to just our career or 80% to only one area of our life, but really focusing our time and our energy on the whole person, relationships, money, self-worth, career, love, and health. All of those things that contribute to our life positively and can also take away from our life if we don't nurture them and ensure that we take care of each pillar. Thank you so much again for joining us today. We're happy to have you here. Today, it's my pleasure. We're going to be speaking with Nico Everett. I love this conversation because Nico really talked with us about the power of no, how to use it abundantly, how to use it gracefully, and really just being able to embrace the word no. Many of us have a hard time saying no to others, and we end up doing a million things throughout our day for other people, things that aren't in alignment with us, and things that don't serve us. So I really enjoy this conversation. I think it's one that you'll enjoy too. So if you have trouble saying no, you definitely want to stay tuned. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode with Nico Everett. Nico, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such a pleasure and an honor to have you on our show. Thanks. It's so awesome to be here. I love what you're up to. Thank you. We always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So go ahead. Tell us about yourself and all the amazing stuff that you're doing in your own words. Mm, yeah. So I spend most of my time coaching women who are leading change in the world. And that looks like one-on-one coaching mostly, and I help them take their work to the next level. But my biggest commitment is to also have them really be able to find pleasure and appreciation in their life. So, so much of my work is helping them level their game up, take on the next promotion, grow their business. And what I see so often is that so many women who are doing that are never actually experiencing the pleasure of what they're growing. So a lot of the work that I do with women is not only growing their businesses, getting up to the next level if they're working in a corporate structure, but being able to create the space and the time and the presence to be able to stand back and experience their life as as amazing as it actually is. So that's mostly what I do. So how did you, we always like to ask about the journey. How did you get into this field? What sparked the, the passion and the inspiration for you to get to where you are now? Yeah. So I am a social change agent by trade. So I started my career, um, creating social change for women and girls. And, um, I started my own venture called girls for a change off my kitchen table 
I had the idea that girls had some of the best ideas and that they could actually create the biggest change starting in their very own communities. So when we asked girls what they thought should be different, they had some of the most mind-blowing ideas. And so frequently, I think we look to young people as like, they're our future, but I actually think they're our present Right. So that if we put the power in their hands and we tell them we believe in you right now and we'll support you, not even teach or mentor you, but really use a coaching model where we will just shine a mirror at you of all your brilliance and maybe help you harness some resources that you will blow our minds. And so I started an organization called Girls for Change that did that. And it started on my kitchen table, but eventually we served 20,000 girls around the globe and raised millions of dollars to do that. And what I saw was that girls had it on lock, but so many of the women who we trained as their coaches really needed a lot of the training that we were giving the girls that they never got. And so over time I saw, you know, that's where my heart is, is I want to make sure that these women who are coaching these girls are also getting that same level of support. That Okay, so that really resonates with me because that's part of the reason why we built the company is because we wanted to work with the women so that they can inspire the girls because it really comes from the top down, um, as you know. You know, when you're, what, what were some, I guess, key denominators that you saw um, working with these women that just got in their way? I, I guess, what are some general things across the board that you see that women struggle with in your own professional opinion? Yeah. So I'd say the number one biggest thing is that we're not asking for enough. And I think we're taught that as girls, right? So it's a full circle. So when we are in, in first grade, it's, um, a message that we get, right? The good girl message. I think we all kind of grow up with. So we're in first grade and we're in these big classrooms and our very well-meaning teachers, We'll try to get our classrooms organized, right? So they'll say, you know, everyone get in line, everyone put your heads on the desk. And at that time, girls are developing faster emotionally than boys are. And so we're able to do that. We're able, we have facility over our bodies. We're able to get in line. We're able to follow the rules. And then our authority figure, usually it's our very first outside authority figure that we're experiencing in kindergarten or first grade says, good girl, good girl for following the rules. So one of the first times that we experience an outside authority figure outside of our family has told us, you're good if you follow the rules, right? So don't ruffle any feathers, don't step out of line, don't break the rules. And that continues to happen for us through most of school. And then we go out into the business world, but guess what? It doesn't hold any water in the business world, right? Mm. That's not how you build a business is not ruffle feathers, not ask for a lot, not step out of line, not break any rules. We all know that, but we're trained so well from the time that we're developing all of our behaviors. So what I see for women is that we need to totally rewire our brains around asking for a lot more, which is frequently kind of breaking the expectation of what a woman will do. And I say to women right here, I've worked with tens of thousands of women at this point in workshops, one-on-one, and I will hear time and time again, I don't have enough time. My business isn't making enough money, right? I hate asking. I definitely hate asking for my business. Shit, I hate asking my partner to do more housework. In fact, I'd rather just do it myself than ask, right? And so this to me, if we can unlock this asking for more and standing in the in the frequently receiving no as an answer is what blows the doors off of most women's businesses. So that's what I, I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that because 
I, I think that you're right. One of the one of the things that kind of gets in our way as women is this idea of failing and, and being afraid to um, hear the word no, right? That no automatically means that it's a shutdown and we're not going to get to that next step. And I know that some, that's something that you're passionate about right now. So I'd love to talk about just this idea of um, falling in love with no or being okay with this word. Mm, yeah. So I say to everyone who I coach, any woman who takes a workshop with me, any woman I meet on the street, any girl who I talk to, I will say, if you are not hearing no, you are not asking for enough. Right. So no is beautiful. And what I want for my entrepreneurs, especially is to find this sweet spot between yes and no. So yes is important, right? When you're starting a business, you have to hear some yeses, right? You need to gain momentum, right? Like we can't, we can't be out of the gates just hearing all no's or we'll shut down. So we have to get some momentum. We have to have some people buy in, right? Sometimes we price ourselves, you know, amenably in the beginning so that we get some yeses, we get our wheels turning, we get some testimonials, right? But then we need to start to find that sweet spot where we start to reach for the no and we start to hear no's because we know that's where the edge is, right? When we hear no, we're like, okay, good. We're pushing the edge. If we're hearing yes all the time, that means we're underpriced, right? Like we shouldn't be hearing yes all the time. We should be hearing people say, no, I can't afford that. Great, great news. So we're constantly playing the edge between hearing yeses and having people sign up, buy our service, you know, get our, get whatever we're selling and then getting to hear no's. And I think the, the key thing here is like, why is no so scary to us? And the, the main, th- besides what I already explained to us, that we're basically trained from a very young age to not break the rules. The other main thing that happens for most women, our brains translate no to immediately equal danger and failure. Mm. And danger and failure, we want to run away from as quickly as possible, right? right? So we're trained fight or flight, run away, get out of here. And so what we have to literally do is retrain our brain to think of no as something completely different than danger and failure. And that's, and that's a literal behavioral retraining. So if there's a woman who's listening to this who thinks, okay, I want to grow my business. So when I used to be a fundraiser, I would wake up every morning and I would have on my board, this is how many dollars I need to raise today. And I knew that day, that's how many dollars I needed to raise. And I knew if I didn't hear no that day, there was absolutely no way I'd raise that money. And in order for me to hear no, I knew that I needed to take on a practice like a meditation practice that would have me experience no as almost as pleasurable as going out and having a piece of pizza or eating chocolate ice cream. For me, those are my favorite foods, right? So I had to have it be that pleasurable or I wouldn't do it. And what I've done is figure out what's the brain chemistry that happens that we have to rewire to have this feel pleasurable to us. And that's what we have to actually start to practice is changing the brain And I'm happy to explain that to you if we have time for that. No, I think that we should because uh, it's definitely something that we practice here is empowerment is so important, but the strategy and the education behind it are even more important so that it's sustainable. So please jump into, you know, what are some ways that we can really um, transition the brain and the mindset so that we, that we do see no as a positive thing. Okay. So, so here's, here's the super basic way of doing this. So first of all, you have to have a list of a couple things. I like to tell people, write down seven things for which you believe the answer will be no over the next seven days. Okay. So make your list one thing every day that you're going to ask for. 
Okay. So I say the first four days, make them be things of little consequence, right? Things you don't care that much about if someone says no to. So maybe you ask for a free cup of coffee, maybe a free yoga class, maybe, you know, day three or four, maybe you up the game a little bit. You ask a credit card company to lower their rates. You get a free hotel room, but things that don't have a huge impact on your life. Now, day maybe five, six, seven, start to ask for things that you care about a little bit more and you really would love if the answer was yes, okay? So you need to have your list of things. Then once you are armed with your list of seven things for seven days, because you need to do this for at least seven days, the folks who I coach who do this for 30 days start to see real results, but seven days will give you kind of a, a little bit of a taste. Each day that you go and you make the ask, before you go into the ask, you want to do three things. Okay. So the first thing is you want to set your intention. So you want to intend how you actually want to feel, not so much the outcome, because of course all of us want a yes of the outcome, but it's more how you want to feel. So what's the feeling that you're trying to have while you ask? So for example, I like to frequently say, I want to feel adventurous in asking, or I want to feel pleasurable in asking because most of us, we end up feeling petrified. We end up feeling nervous, right? We have all these ways we feel, but how do you want to feel? So the first thing is set your intention, your intention of how you want to feel. Second thing is stay awake. So for most of us, when we go into situations where we are used to kind of panicking, we go to sleep because we actually don't want to experience this. We want it to happen and we don't want to have to be present to it, right? But in our case, we actually really want to stay awake so we can notice what happens. The best way of staying awake while you're making an ask for which you think the answer is going to be no is to make eye contact. So if you're in person, make eye contact with that person. If you're on the phone, ask their name. Okay. And then just keep using their name, right? And it just kind of keeps you awake to what's happening. So when you're saying, hey, you know, I'd really love to lower the rate on my credit card. I'd like it to actually be 0.01%, like something completely ridiculous. You know, Sarah, is, is that something that you can help me do? It just keeps you awake to it. And they're like, that's, that's impossible. I can't help you do that. Okay, well, I get that's impossible. Is there something that we could do, Sarah? So you're staying awake to what's happening for you. So you set your intention of how you want to feel. You're staying awake. And the last thing is you're breathing. Of course, we're always breathing. But what happens when we start to panic a little bit, we shorten our breath all the way up. And we're not getting as much oxygen to our brain. And when we don't have as much oxygen to our brain, what happens? We can't think very well, right? So that when Sarah at the credit card company says, that's insane, I can't lower your rate to basically nothing, you panic and you have no good ideas. Mm. But when you've lengthened your breath all the way down into your belly, you're triggering all this oxygen into your brain and your brain is triggering right? It's like firing, firing and wiring. And you might have some great ideas. We are like, you know, actually, this is kind of a funny game I'm playing. Let me tell you about it. I'm actually asking every day for something that I think the answer is going to be no to. And she's like, Oh really? That's kind of amazing. Like, tell me about it. And all of a sudden you've created this bond with this person. And she's like, well, I can't do that. But you know, let me tell you about this amazing offer that we have. And I wasn't really offering it to, you know, you're not the right person to offer it to, but maybe I could do this for you. And Hey, send me the link about this thing you're doing. Cause I could really use that in my life. Right? Like who knows what happens 
But when there's actually oxygen going to your brain, you have innovative ideas you don't have when you're barely breathing, Mm. right? So those are the three things. Every day for seven days, you're asking for something for which you believe the answer truly will be no. And then you're setting your intention of how you want to feel. You're staying awake to the experience, even though it might feel painful, and you're lengthening your breath. And if you do that every day for seven days, you'll start to have some real insights to what happens and you'll start to retrain your system for how it reacts to the no coming your way. And the goal is actually not to get a yes. A lot of people are like, I won, I went, I asked and they told me yes. And I'm like, no, that's okay. But how did you feel? Right? Like, how was that to hear on the day that they said no? That's really what you're in the game for is to hear no and not have it completely freak you out. So you shut down and stop asking. Well, yeah, that's the question is, you know, how do you stay resilient when you, uh, when you hear that, you know, um, and I know, and I know you say about the seven days, um, have you ever worked with a client that after the first day they couldn't handle it? Yes. So if we just asked every day for something, right. If, so what I say, like, you could just make a list of seven things and just start asking and not do these three steps. Right. But what happens is as soon as you hear no, you go back into fear and danger and you stop asking, you shut down. The reason we're doing these three things is because that's what's actually retraining your system. So your system has to react differently. Right. Our normal reaction to no is this is bad. I need to go away from this. I need to never have this happen again. But now we're retraining it. So we hear no. But it's not a big deal, right? We're hearing no about like, no, you can't have a free yoga class. And we're having our system say, okay, I'm awake. I'm not dying. This is okay. I'm still breathing. All right, I got it, right? So you're training your system to say, I can hear no, and I'm going to stay awake, and I'm going to stay alive, and it's actually going to be okay, mm. right? So for those, for those clients who've done that, we go back and we do it again. And this time, we do it. We stay awake. Right. So sometimes I'll get actually get on the call with them where they make a phone call and I'll go through the process with them. And afterwards we'll just debrief and okay, what really happened? You know, was it really as bad as you thought it was? No, it wasn't actually that bad. Okay, great. Let's do it again. And I'll tell you what the clients who I see have the most success actually have this in their goals and they do it as they do it year round. So this is just part of their system. You know, they've got their goal setting, their OKRs, their KPIs, whatever they use to measure their metrics. They have asking as one of their metrics for success. How frequently are they asking for something that they think is audacious Mm. and they're measuring it. Mm. So every single week they're asking for something they think is unreasonable or audacious. And then they're measuring that and making sure that they're doing it on the regular. Mm. I love that. Those folks are seeing results that are far surpassing other clients that I work with. I love that. Nico, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love to jump into the power section of the interview and just get to know you a little bit more. Um, What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your life that you would like to recommend to us? So um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. Um, um, In the midst of it now, it's kind of one of those books you um, live with rather than just sort of read. Mm. Um, so it's really about changing your brain as you can tell it's something, um, that's, I really have a lot of passionate passion about it. It's, um, um, 
I believe that we can change the way that we react to our lives and in as much we can change the results that we have and we can change the experience we have. So I think nobody is stuck with what they have and everybody has the opportunity to change, but it starts with the way that our brain perceives our life and then the practices, the meditations that we do every single day to shift those. And this book has walked me through a lot of that. And what's one value that you have that you've always stuck by throughout your journey? Something that's a non-negotiable. When I was coming out of college, I felt really, really lost. And I remember sitting at a coffee shop right after graduation and thinking, looking at all these people going off to their jobs and feeling so envious, like, why am I not on my path? Why do I not know what's next for me? Mm. I feel like I have all this potential, but I I don't know how to apply it. And I promised myself, I literally remember sitting in a coffee shop in Florida. I was living in my mom's house. It was like so depressing. I remember sitting in this coffee shop, you know, like 21 years old. And I said, I promise that if I ever make it, if I ever feel successful, I will never pretend like it was easy or it happened overnight. I will always tell the truth that it was hard and that I figured it out and I will share everything I learned with other people so they never have to feel stuck or alone. Mm, I love that. And we always like to ask if you can leave the world with one final message, we call it the golden nugget. What would your golden nugget be? Yeah. So I will end with what I started with. We hustle so hard to have these big, incredible lives. And I think so frequently we forget that the point is to have pleasure, Mm. right? Have joy in these big, incredible lives. So take a moment to think, am I enjoying this? Am I looking at my life and feeling the sensation of pleasure? Am I looking at my partner with love? Am I looking at my clients with amazement? And if you're not, then stop and get that figured out because that is actually the whole point of it. Mm. And lastly, as you know, we're the company rise up for you. What does that mean to you when you hear that phrase? Uh, I think for me, it's really about lifting each other up. So I love that. I love that you have that company like rise up and, um, is this word that, um, in, in native cultures, they will call another woman when she doesn't feel like her best self. It's a word that means rise up sister. Mm. And they just use it as her name until she feels like her best self. They'll just say, Hidea, that's your name until you feel again, like your best self. And I know that's what your commitment is, right? Like lifting other women up. And so I think, we rise up, but more importantly, we rise each other up, right? We lift each other up. And so I think as we rise, may we lift one another with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nico, thank you so much for joining us today. How do we stay connected and how do we support you and all the great work that you're currently doing? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, nicoeverett.com. And you can find me on Instagram, nicoeverett15, the number 15. And I'd love to see you in both places. Beautiful. Again, thank you so much for joining us today.
Great work. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow. Tomorrow.